Crazy Podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Tame and Crazy Podcast. I'm Alicia, and I'm joined as usual by Deb and Sue. Hello, girls. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we're going to just jump right in today. October 10th is World Mental Health Day. And if you've been following us for a while, you know that we've shared our stories about our own mental health struggles many times. And it's a subject that we believe needs to be discussed openly and without fear of shame or stigma. The World Health Organization expects that the current pandemic will make the need for mental health support even greater than before. So tonight we're going to talk about mental health and more specifically, we're talking about psychological first aid. Now, this is a new term to me. So Sue, why don't you start off by explaining what psychological first aid is all about? So it's actually a a form of psychosocial support, which means that it's helping to support people with their uh, emotional and social needs. And the psychological first aid came into being as a way to support people during and after an emergency situation or a disaster. So it's something that is actually quite fitting for, for use during a pandemic. So you don't have to be a trained psychologist or mental health clinician. It's one of those things that is person to person. And because we all have these needs, we all need to be connected and to feel supported and to feel safe. And that's what psychological first aid helps us to do. I think there are a lot of people who would really like to be able to help a loved one or a family member or a friend or even just someone that is obviously in distress, but they don't know what to do or really how to go about it. So, you know, I think learning psychological first aid is a fabulous idea. Mm -hmm. And there are actually various courses online that are available. And if you look to your local health authority as well, then there is a chance that they will have some sort of training that can be put on for organisations or for individuals to join. I know that is certainly the case here. Well, and I think every single one of us has taken some form of first aid, you know, at some point in our life. So we feel like we'd at least know how to apply pressure to a wound to stop the bleeding or put ice Mm -hmm. on a sprain. But we know how to help in the moment when there's something physically wrong with someone. So when it comes to psychological help or mental health, I don't think a lot of us know the right thing to do. You know, and I, I can't think of anything that's more important to learn right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's, you know, one of the things that we need is what can help us to kind of calm down? How can we get past some of those really, really stressful things that are happening? And also, you know, the, the losses, like when you think about the pandemic, not only has there been a lot of loss in terms of human life and people that have, you know, passed away because of uh, COVID-19, but we're also seeing the loss of our connections in terms of the social distancing that we've had to do. I know we kind of think and hope that we're past that, but everything would indicate that we're going to be moving more towards more social distancing. 
you know, Sue, I did read that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say that the prevalence of symptoms for anxiety are three times higher and depression four times higher this year as opposed to last year, which, you know, I don't think surprises anybody considering, you know, we, like you said, we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's created so many strains, whether it's financial or emotional and social, but and we're still fighting a virus at the same time, which is taking mm-hmm. life. So, you know, people mm-hmm. are grieving collectively and it really is an unprecedented time right now. And it's going to continue to affect our mental health, like mm-hmm. for many more months and maybe years from now. We don't know. Yep. Yeah, and that has like lots and lots of knock-on effects. Like we don't really feel, you know, as if we're able to do things and, you know, we, we kind of lose some of that feeling of, you know, I can do this, I, you know, I'm able to do it. And, you know, we do lose some of that confidence. And, you know, we, we worry about the economy and the communities that we're part of. And, you know, what are the long-term effects that this is going to have on them? And, so it's really important that you know and this is one of the things in pfa that we look at ways to connect with people because you know we know from the conversations that we've had in our own lives that having that social support is absolutely vital to how you feel and to your emotional and social well-being yeah well and i think i've said many times that anybody who's suffered with anxiety knows that uncertainty can be a trigger Mm-hmm. And right now, nothing is for certain. So 2020 really has been one hell of a challenging year for many people. And I think it's really testing our resiliency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would anyone suffer from this? Or is it, you know, usually a specific demographic, you know, or can this affect anyone? So basically anybody. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we've seen during the pandemic is that we can all kind of suffer to um, a greater or lesser extent, you know, because of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you think about the kids and them going back to school and you think about the isolation that our elderly folks may be experiencing. And then we've got the frontline staff that are, you know, doing everything that they possibly can to stay fit and healthy and safe and well and keep their families safe and well and keeping their patients healthy and dealing with emergent situations there and then you look at our teachers as well so it's one of those things that really can touch everybody and again because we have that lack of connection in many many ways like I haven't been into the office in well since March basically (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you know I don't have that same face-to-face connection with a lot of people that I would have had before and a lot of people struggle with that you know going to work and having that human connection is is really very important so yeah absolutely it can affect anybody and I guess that shows in the numbers increasing Mm -hmm. so let's talk about psychological first aid for a little bit so what can we do in the moment like what first aid can we give to someone in psychological distress Mm-hmm. So there are actually four stages to uh, psychological first aid. So the first one is actually to prepare. And this is something that we all do individually. And, you know, we're all watching the news and getting the updates and this, that and the other. And, you know, up to a certain extent, we know where we can go for help in our area. You know, we, we have some idea of what may be available to us. And, and that's really important. 
And then the the first of the the really really key factors to it is to to look you know sort of what are you seeing you know are you seeing any really obvious needs you know are you seeing that maybe you know as we head into fall and towards winter you know are you seeing people that are maybe not dressed adequately are they not doing so well and so it's you know what's going on for them are they very very upset do they seem angry are they you know are they not looking very well so there's all of that and then obviously the other thing is because you know we don't have that same face-to-face contact because the social distancing like what are we hearing and that's when it becomes really really important to to be listening to what's being said and also kind of the look section kind of ties into that as well sort of what are the non-verbals telling you? Like if you are in a, a Zoom meeting or a Skype meeting, how does that person look? You know, sort of like, and then what's the tone of voice? You know, are they very different from how they would typically be? And how can you reach out in that time? You know, how can you just kind of further that connection a little bit, kind of check in with them and, and see what's going on and you know, I think one of the, the really key things about this is that when we do make those connections, it's done with real empathy and respect for the other person. And so it's not just kind of jumping in there, you know, with both feet and saying, right, I can see you need something. How do I help? It's not being that in your face. Right. And I think that's that's a tough one. Sorry, Sue. I think that's a tough one for some of us, too, because we want to help so badly that we tend to take over. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sue, like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that as an example. <laughs> and that was very well illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of acknowledging how they might be feeling or how you know, what you're hearing and and asking, you know, is there anything you can do? Like ask their permission because they might be doing fine. They might just be having a really shitty day. Right. And, you know, sort of what can you do to, to help somebody feel comfortable having a conversation with you about how they're feeling and how do you make them feel safe in that space as well? Because you don't want them thinking, oh, well, she's going to go and say something about it in that podcast. <laughs> you know yes and it's what what is their distress like you know are they very very upset are they you know are they confused are they complaining about feeling really tired and low energy it's just that kind of gentle check-in to to see what they need so it's kind of addressing their basic needs in the moment but to asking how can i help Mm -hmm. instead of just taking over the situation Yeah. And it's also understanding that if somebody tells you to back off and they're very defensive about everything, it's not necessarily about you. This is them trying to deal with a very difficult situation and they're not ready at that time to have you listen to what it is they have to say because they may not know what it is they want to say. Yes. Okay. So basically the, the first thing then is really listening. Yeah. Yeah, it's looking and listening. Like, because if you see somebody that is usually very, very, you know, well put together, 
and you know that you know this is something that they've maintained even though they're working from home and you see them and they're they're really not looking that well put together is there something maybe going on there okay so say we we have noticed it and we've asked how we can help what what is our next move so it's you know what is it that they want what do they need at this time and not making any assumptions like sometimes people need time to kind of talk it through and it may not be that they need you to help connect them with something it may just be that they need some help to think about it like I'm feeling lonely and I haven't been able to do this that and the other so having a think about what you could do to get them together with other people like having a Facebook chat or joining a a movie group online you know things like that so if we put it in kind of a context of first aid the the first stage would be to stabilize right to prevent further damage Mm -hmm. okay yeah the the way our brains are built we can't listen we can't focus we can't formulate what we want to say when we're in a high stress situation when you know we're all wound up so it's kind of really important to do that getting calm Mm -hmm. You know, there are lots of things that you can do. So I know one of the things that, you know, we talk about and, you know, is is mindfulness. You know, how can sort of sitting with somebody, helping them breathe or even just talking them through it, how can that help kind of bring down their stress levels a little bit? So it might be doing the, the box breathing, sort of, you know, breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. Or it might be something less than that. It might be breathing in for three, out for four, in for three, out for five, in for three, out for six. And just doing that a couple of times just to to really calm things down. But then again, breathing doesn't work for everybody. Some people need to be up and moving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what can they be doing? Or is it like they're quite comfortable where they are? Can they ground themselves into the seat where they're sitting? Can they kind of push down into the floor just so that they get that grounding? Or do they want to kind of tap their feet, you know, having that little bit of a a rhythmic movement just to kind of bring them down, just to, to help them calm down? And not everyone's going to need that, but some people are. Right. So it's having those things in your, you know, in your tool chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that's a few things that you learn if you do look into psychological first aid is what tools can I use in the moment mm-hmm. to create calm? Yeah. And the other thing that, you know, sort of like you would do in a training is what do you do? Like, how do you calm yourself down if your child or if your spouse or if your parents or something, if they're really wound up, how would you calm them down? Because we know that these are skills that we have. We may not always be great at using them on ourselves, but we're typically better at helping other people to do it. I think that's very true. And I think a lot of us are much better at problem solving other people's issues and problems Mm -hmm. than we are of our own. Mm -hmm. So if I was somebody that, you know, felt I recognized that I needed help, Mm -hmm. like how would I go about, like, is this, well, I guess what I'm saying is this can be, can this be, a one-on-one? Is it like a classroom? How is that part of it set up? The idea really is, you know, sort of that you you would train many, many people 
to be able to deliver psychological first aid. Like, like Alicia was saying, it's, it's, you know, the more people know first aid, the better we can help when something happens. So it's just about really having the, the tools to be able to use them because yes, ideally this is something that works really well with communities, but you're not going to be talking to a whole community at a time. Right. And it is kind of going to happen in that one-to-one space yeah. more than anything else. So, you know, typically it's been used up in Fort McMurray when the, the fires happened. It was used in Calgary. It was used in High River after the flood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these skills are, are very much designed, or well, not even designed, but kind of taught to be used in the moment. Right. And like I was saying before, it's, they're, they're all things that you would probably do quite normally and like just in the the run of a normal conversation it's just sometimes having that little bit of extra awareness that the person may need a little bit more support right and i think a lot of us are, are used to listening to someone you know if they've got some trouble sometimes they vent to you and sometimes that's all it takes mm-hmm. is to be actively listening and let them vent and then you know you do feel better after that mm-hmm. but i guess it's what's the next step after that is there a next step after that? Because, you know, I think if you've calmed down the situation and you're preventing further damage, what's the next move, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, I think it's it's recognising that all emotions are fine, you know, and it's very, very normal and expected that people are going to go through a whole range of stress reactions and emotions, and they're going to possibly cycle through them very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. and not be put off with that because as i said before this isn't about you as the person that's kind of helping out it's about their reaction to the situation right well and i think it's important to note too that if somebody is dealing with depression and i know this for my own when i went through it is that when you are in a deep dark place the hardest thing to do is to reach out for help. Uh So it's more important than ever for someone to recognize what is happening and offer support. Because Uh a lot of times when you're in that dark place, you're not going to reach for help. And I know we always say reach out for help, Uh but many of us get into a spot where reaching for help is actually the hardest possible thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that sometimes we can't help. Like there are going to be times when, you know, that the best you can do in that situation is just to be there and to give the support that way, because you are not qualified, you're not equipped to be able to provide the skills that that person needs. And that's kind of really, really important is, you know, know where your boundaries are. And not to overstep those, because if you're not a mental health professional, do not try to do anything more than support. And, you know, if that person is at risk of hurting themselves or others, you need to reach out for more help. Which is very much the same as first aid. You know, you're just there in the moment to make sure, um, you know, to stabilize or whatever. Mm-hmm. you're not there to give a diagnosis or to give treatment you know it's mm-hmm. basic training to reduce further harm in the moment 
Yes. I think that's how I, I am seeing it in my head when I think of first aid, Sue. When I'm, uh-huh. And I, I really like the fact that it's called first aid because it makes me feel like you can at least do something. Uh-huh. Even if it is just actively listening, you, you know, you're giving that, giving that support. Uh-huh. But as with all first aid, you know, you, you might be there in the moment, you might be the first on scene kind of thing, but you're going to hand them off to more support if they need it. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the thing is, as well, if you do experience something like that, then it is really, really important for you to get some self-care on board and to make sure that if you need it, you get some support as well. Because yeah. when you're helping others, and we all know this, and we all know how exhausting parts of this pandemic have been, and especially if you're kind of having to do that emotional work with people and, you know, be supportive, then it is really, really important to take care of yourself as well. I mean, even on a day-to-day basis, it is, you know, as we have discussed before. But mm-hmm. if you're dealing with somebody that is, you know, feeling helpless or, you know, just, you know, even if you have somebody that's incredibly bored and lonely, you know, then that can take its toll on you and you need to take that time to kind of repair yourself a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think you, you brought up something too when you said about feeling hopeless and lonely. I think we underestimate the importance of hope. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think much about that until I started researching my own mental health issues with anxiety several years ago. The, the one thing that kept driving me forward to keep going was hope. Mm-hmm. I think that's vitally important. You know, whatever you're going through, if you have hope, mm-hmm. and I'm not an especially positive person, I am not like a cheerleader kind of person, but I always think tomorrow will be a brighter day. And mm-hmm. I think even just knowing that is huge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to know as well that to a greater or lesser extent, we're all going through the same pandemic we just all have our you know own lives and daily stresses and strains that make it difficult in different ways so yes we've got like some commonalities to what we're going through but we're not all going to deal with that identically right right so if someone is interested in learning more about psychological first aid sue where would they find more information if you type psychological first aid in um, into the Google machine, into the Google machine, you will uh, get information about uh, the World Health Organization and the Red Cross models and that there are various courses there that you can do online. And like I say, if you kind of keep an eye out at a, a local level, you may see that your health authority is offering psychological first aid sessions. Typically, I would imagine it is going to be kind of more in community settings uh, or agencies, but uh, it's certainly not something that is specifically for, for one group of people because it is something that anybody can do. I just think it's it's a brilliant idea because even as young parents, we take first aid classes for our children. So I think a psychological first aid course, I mean, I can see that coming in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. I really do. Mm-hmm. Deb, do you have anything else to add? I think all the questions I had have been really answered, but no, I agree. I think it's wonderful. 
the more people that know about this and, and are able to help, you know, the better. Absolutely. I think that was great information, Sue. I think reframing to a form of first aid really makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think gratitude is often something we can turn to as a tool to strengthen our mental health. And since this is Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, it is. I have to say I am very grateful for the both of you. Oh, right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any plans for the weekend? Turkey. No, I, I got to get in the rest of my harvest. I did leave my parsnips out there because they are about the width of a big pen. So I think oh, they... <laughs> a little on the slim side. Yes. Yeah, they haven't done very well with gaining any weight, or at least they hadn't last weekend. So maybe in the last week. So Deb, what plans do you have? Any? Not really. Well, I think we're going to take it easy. We, um, we're probably going to see very few people because we did have a pl- one of a relative did have a plan to do a dinner, and nobody wants to go, which is understandable. And we don't want to go. We're just going to stay around. Jason works a little bit, so no big plans. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the same for many people. Well, it should be anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there shouldn't be too many big uh, Thanksgiving get-togethers. No. I made a huge rookie mistake this morning. Uh Uh-oh. I took down a bunch of pictures from our living room wall and started wiping my lovely white walls. And now it looks like I have to paint my entire house. (laughs) I did that the other day. (sighs) Did you do Go Clean Co? What does that mean? So they are, I don't, I think they might be a Calgary company, actually. I think they are, yes. Yeah, and like awesome, awesome cleaning tips. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, find them on Instagram and literally it'll change your life. Clean Co, did you say? Go Clean Co. Yeah, I was they... so mad at myself because you know when you start wiping and then you're like, yeah. oh, now i got to keep wiping. I'm hoping I don't have to do that, but, you know, probably needs it now anyway. But Well, that's why I was wiping down the walls because I was like, oh, maybe I can get away with not painting. Yeah, I'm going to try. Anyway... Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, especially to all our friends who are Canadian, because I guess Mm -hmm. it's only us Canadians that are celebrating Thanksgiving right now. Yep. So stay safe. Stay safe. What the (laughs) heck was that? (laughs) Stay safe. Stay sane. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Stay safe. Stay safe. Uh, I don't know, there's another full moon or something happening, I think. Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.